start again. What's up, Real Champ Podcast listeners? It's Mushtaq, your co-host with Hassan Karim, the co-editor of The Page. It's just a couple hours after the first leg of the semifinal of the Copa del Rey against Barcelona. The game finished off as a one-all draw. Um, it was a very mixed-up game. A lot of things happened. A lot of things didn't happen. Uh, anyway, let's just jump into it. Hassan, initial thoughts. What a whirlwind. That's one thing I can say. That game had pretty much every high you could possibly have, every low you could possibly have, and all the other stuff in between. It, it, was, a, it was a really, really hotly fought uh, match. Uh, so from if you were just looking at it from a neutral point of view, it had everything you wanted in it. It had drama, had action in it. Just, yeah, just absolute clash of titans. What did you think? I most definitely agree with you, of course. Uh, the one thing that I would add to that is it was, it was frustrating in a way because you saw Real Madrid play so well at some points and then you saw them kind of just sit back, wait for Barcelona to bring the game to them and you're kind of wondering, like, what are you doing? Why are you changing the tactic? I understand that players can get tired. I understand it's unrealistic to press for 90 minutes. But there were moments in that game where Real Madrid really did press. And I tweeted it several times uh, during our live tweet. Um, you know, there goes Real Madrid again, nipping at the feet of Barcelona. There goes Real Madrid stealing the ball. There were so many good opportunities, especially in the first half, where Real Madrid were just getting into the passing lanes, being really a nuisance to the defenders of Real Madrid. They steal the ball, especially Benzema and Vinicius. And I just kept thinking to myself, once the second half started, you know, where is that? Why isn't that there right now? Because that really was what got Real Madrid the first goal and plenty of chances after that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they started off really, really well. Um, obviously, got the early goal in the sixth minute. Um, but again, just, you know, really being a nuisance, pressing the crap out of Barcelona, forcing them into mistakes, cutting their passing lanes, you know, all the stuff that you really wanted to see. I didn't expect it so much, to be honest. I was expecting a bit more of a conservative approach, but um, and it I def definitely took off quickly. And, and like you said, you were expecting a conservative approach, and that's what a lot of people were expecting from this Real Madrid side. Not many people were thinking it would come guns blazing right out of the gate, started the whistle of the first half. Uh, but like you said, they really went for it. They weren't as complacent, if you want to call it that, as many people thought they were, uh, thought they ought to be. Now, as we say that, not only was their shape and structure surprising and their tenacity in the game at certain points, at least, one big thing that shocked many, even though I think you and I kind of saw it coming and so did a couple others, was a starting lineup and our yeah. like prediction uh, on the website we had written and tried to come to a consensus between the two of us uh we'll go every third of the pitch at a time and that we both started well we both decided uh Kaylor Navas was likely to get the start I kind of fought for it I think you kind of wanted Tebow what did you think though I can't moan um after that performance really I can't I can't really say anything he, he put in an absolute shift um you know, came up with some really big moments, particularly the save one-on-one -on -one against Malcolm in the first half, uh, which they thought was offside initially, but had Malcolm actually put that away, it would have probably been overturned because he actually wasn't on, wasn't offside. Sorry, he was play, played onside by Marcelo. Um, but uh, I, I wasn't too phased either way on who started. I just, I, I read a couple of reports suggesting that Kayla would start 
uh, which came out to be true. Um, which it didn't surprise me at the other day. I, I had a feeling they were going to rotate for the certain cup games eventually. I just wasn't sure it'd be the Copa or the Champions League, but yeah, at least for now we know. Simple yes or no before we get on to the defenders. Had Keylor Navas not started that game, with the amount of chances that happened uh, for Barcelona, you mentioned one of them where Malcolm went one-on-one against Keylor. Then you, of course, saw another great chance, I believe, in the second half. Luis Suarez with a sweet left hook yeah. top of the box. Really diving. It, it really made you feel nostalgic about the Keylor Navas that we've seen over the last few years. Simply putting it, do you think if Thibaut played that game between the sticks, the result would have been the same, if not better. It's kind of hard to say, isn't it, really? Um, because the goal that uh, Na- uh, Ka- uh, sorry, Navas did concede Neymar. wasn't... Yeah, I was going to say Neymar then. Uh, <laughs> the, the goal that he conceded wasn't really his fault as such. It was more to do with defensive lapses elsewhere. Um, but it's hard to say in terms of whether, whether it would have been better or not. Because... Um, We've seen Courtois come out and take attackers on one-on-one a couple of times this season and do it successfully. And then we've seen him do it less successfully as well. Um, so it's, it's quite tricky to say, really. I don't, I don't really know. Would you say that the defence felt more comfortable having Navas in the back in, in terms of the, the ability to play back to him? And feel more- yeah, familiarity was definitely probably a big, big factor in this. But in that, it, saying that, Ramos and Varane had... Very, very solid games in this game. They were standouts. Carwell was also a standout. So I think the, the familiarity of knowing they had Navas behind definitely sort of triggered a bit of cohesion, for sure. Last Navas question before we move on. Second leg, does he get the start, yes or no? Yeah, I'd imagine he gets the start in this uh, in the second leg. And then if we do make it through to the final, I'd imagine he starts that as well. I think he'll start all the remaining sort of copper games from here on out for the final potential too. Now, you said that uh, sorry, Sergio Ramos, Rafael Varane, and uh, Danny Carvajal all had great games uh, just in general because quite a few people were giving Danny specifically some flack. And I think that's due to the fact that as Real Madrid fans, people are so used to seeing uh, that wing-back system, that overlapping system of Danny Carvajal moving forward. And you didn't get a lot of that today. Does that mean he didn't play as well? Does that take away from his game? In your well, his, offensively, he was not not as great as he could be for sure. I can give you that much. Well, but offensively, he he fouled once. He was dispossessed once. Um, and well, let's just see. One second, sorry. Uh, he had one cross the whole game. Uh, he played three long balls. Only one hit the target. He passed with seventy eight percent accuracy on forty six touches. Not too bad. Uh, defensively, though, like you said, more outstanding. Two tackles, interceptions, clearances, and a block shot. Yeah, that, and he completed. Well, he he, attempt, he completed the most passes out of the back line as well. Uh, ahead of all all three, Ramos ran on Marcelo. Only Marcelo by one, but still, um, he completed the most passes. So yeah, he wasn't particularly you know strong as he could be, but. I wouldn't say he was the worst defender of the back of the back four, not by any means a stretch. I'd say Marcelo was comfortably the worst by a very long way. Well, moving to the left, Rafael Varane had a pretty solid game. I don't think there mm. is you could say there. Sergio Ramos, of course, picking up a yellow card. Would it have been a classic? Stupid yellow card. That was stupid yellow card. It wasn't even a yellow card, in my opinion. I think it, it was, and again, I know I keep 
referencing Twitter, but quite a few people replied to us and kind of said that it was his his consensus. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely not so much uh, the actual act in and of itself. But again, not too bad of a game for him. I like I said, we're so used to seeing these defenders do so much up top that we kind of forget that their defense is the most important part of what they do, and that is key. Uh, just running through the stats, his keys are four interceptions and six clearances. It's pretty damn good. Yeah, the only knock on his record was, of course, the clearance for the for the equaliser. But I still don't blame him for that goal, to be honest, personally. But that's something we can delve into in a minute. Um, again, all around solid performance, really. I don't I don't really have too much to to say for Ramos on that performance. I thought he was quite consistent. Um, yeah, he wasn't his usual self in the long balls department, but uh, yeah, one for seven on those. Yeah, so he wasn't particularly great there. But to be fair, no, none of the team really completed long balls anyway. I mean, we had a forty-seven percent accuracy as a team, which is pretty poor. Well, let, let's just squash that incident right now, and then we can jump forward quickly to Marcel and the rest of the team. Do you think there was any chance of him stopping that ball? Malcolm struck it sweetly. There's no doubt about it. It's nothing he could do. There's he, nothing you can do. It did seem to take a, a deflection off of Danny Carvajal. From the angle that you saw, though, it almost seemed like Ramos pulled away from the ball and thinking that it was going out. Nothing. Yeah, I can, I can understand people's gripe with that. He should always run to the line regardless, but... There's another factor to that. Marcelo should also have been covering his man. He was nowhere near Malcolm at that point. I don't know how many people have seen the replay. He was miles away from Malcolm. And then when he did realise he was running into the box, he barely put any effort into running. It was just like a really soft jog. I was like, that's pathetic. Well, now that you've mentioned Marcelo and I said, let's get to it. I'm kind of upset that I'm looking at the stats in terms of defense, and he actually didn't have a bad game. He had three tackles and four interceptions, as as well as a clearance. Uh, pass of 88% completion, which isn't too bad, but I still feel the need to criticize him based on what. Yeah, I- if you if you watched his performance, the numbers kind of do lie in this in this occasion. Because- he seemed very lackluster. He seemed very lethargic, very lazy. There was no overlap from him until Gareth Bale came on for Vinicius in the second half. It seemed very unMarcelo like. I don't know if he is unmotivated, if his confidence is is just suffering. He just didn't seem to have that. Brazilian flair and whatever you want to call it that he usually does. There's definitely something missing from him today. I mean, I've had a few debates with people on Twitter here and there on what the situation is with him. So a lot of people are saying that he's had two injuries this year. That's fair. I can understand that. I do also think there's a bit of a natural decline element going on there as well. At the end of the day, he's in his 30s by this point. It's only natural that father time will start to creep in. I'm just hoping the injuries aren't a knock-on effect of you know, that inevitable decline in your 30s. On to the midfield, Luka Modric and Tony Cruz, along with Marcos Llorente, coupled up to make the midfield trio. Uh, I think it's fair to say both Modric and Cruz had some pretty solid games. It wasn't their marquee performance, not their best, but again, not their worst. It seemed very indicative of the final score. Yeah, all three all three midfielders completed over 90% of the passes, so you can't really complain there. Um, Kroos in particular I thought was very very good uh, you know fired off a couple of shots a couple of crosses uh, drifted over to the left to help out you know with the load over there not much you can really take away from him 
Uh, Lorente was, I thought, pretty solid throughout the game. Um, Did he yeah, see his element at points, though? Did he seem a little overwhelmed to you playing? Across no, I don't think so. I thought he seemed pretty comfortable in the, in that position. Well, um, I if, there were times in the match where he seemed a little uneasy about what was going on, uh, particularly in the first half. I understand it's nerves. I'm not trying to criticize him. I'm not saying he sucks. I'm just saying... I felt for him because he was scrambling at some point. Uh, I mean, kind of getting into the Barcelona squad. Um, now I can't even think of his name. Semedo and Arthur, or rather Malcolm, both had uh, their their gift of whatever they wanted on the right-hand side, where, well, our left-hand side, where Marcelo was. And it kind of seemed as if they drifted into the box and the midfield would come scrambling back trying to stop any key pass that would go to an open player for a shot. So, again, he had a great game. I just wish maybe he could have got into the rhythm of things a little earlier. I guess I'm just finding a way to be critical of him. Yeah, I could see your point in that regard. I mean... Um, you, I said he got the start ahead of Casemiro, and would you have started him in Lula or no? I was surprised he got the start over Casemiro. That did, that did take me back a little bit. But, again, I'm not... I mean, I think those two, they definitely bring different elements to their game that the other doesn't. I feel Lorente is superior in his distribution to uh, Casemiro. Casemiro is just sort of a bit more no-nonsense in the way he goes about things. Um, so that's the only sort of difference between the two of them. Really. I, thought, I also feel Lorente is a bit better going forward, so he's better at breaking forward rapidly over Casemiro. He seems to sort of sometimes get a bit cocky and try and do things. As we saw in the end of the second half, Messi just possessed him a couple times, just completely pickpocketed him, which was just completely unnecessary. Um, so that's the only problem I find with with Casemiro is he can't get dispossessed because he tries to almost play like it's like he looks at Luka Modric and thinks, "Oh yeah, I can do that too." <laughs> he wants to do what his big brother's doing. Uh, moving on to the final third of the pitch, you have or we had. Lucas Vasquez, Karim Benzema, and Vinicius Jr. Uh, I'll take this one because I was absolutely happy and pumped about the fact that Lucas got the start. Uh, I think yeah, me too. To be fair, I was very happy with that. Um, very well deserved start. He did. I, I'm not going to say incredibly, but again, he had a great game. He hustled as always. I think it was definitely the right move. I'm glad Solari did not succumb to uh, that stupid or kind of. Tradition. Yeah, traditional uh, galactical policy of, oh, it's Gareth Bale and he's healthy and he needs to he needs to play a big game. I'm happy he had the balls of Zinedine Zidane to just say, nope, sorry, you haven't been that great lately. There's other players ahead of you in my pecking order. He gave him the start and it turned out just six minutes into the match to be a good one. Yeah, I thought he was a great choice. Um Mainly because of his, you know, consistent work rate. Guy goes forward, the guy comes backwards, and does it all in between. You know, he got into the box a couple of times with some uh, sort of silky dribbling. Uh, he just did, he did everything he wanted him to do. He completed the most dribbles on the team with three. Uh, yeah, he was dispossessed twice, but that's what happens when you're, you know, constantly going at at defenders. You know, you're making that gamble. Um, you know, defensively made a clearance, stuck his leg in a couple of times, committed a couple of fouls, but again, he's not a defender, so you wouldn't expect him to do that. 
playing two crosses as well. So he did everything he really wanted from an all-action sort of winger, really. Not much you could take away from him. Sorry to interrupt you. Vasquez got the goal, but the guy who assisted him for the goal was, of course, Kareem Benzema. I think we both said, be be on the lookout. He's probably going to contribute something to this yeah. game, if not have a big game. Again, was it a match that he's had in the last you know couple of weeks where he scored two goals in a game? No, it wasn't. But Still proved decisive, though. Exactly. Proved decisive. That one goal away is huge for Real Madrid heading into the second. Like, and all in all, he still had a great game, picking up that assist, four key passes, uh, you know, pass with ninety percent accuracy, and then in the offense, he had four key passes. Rather, I think I meant forty touches earlier. Uh, <laughs> possessed three times, but of course, that is just due to, like you said, with Lucas Vasquez, the amount of times he ran right at the defense. Uh, not much criticism for Benzema there. I think he had a, a stellar game. I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to do at the Bernabeu in a couple of weeks' time, I believe. Yeah, 20, I think it's the 27th or something like that. 27. Last but not least is, at least for the starting 11, is Vinicius Jr. Now, what really frustrates me about him, almost in the opposite effect of Marcelo, is that there were a few things... He could have done a few decisions he could have made differently that would have absolutely changed his game completely. Yeah, sure. Given him the stardom, I think he was kind of looking for. Took a couple of shots on goal, but didn't really make the goal. He had four shots in total. None of them actually reached the target. He had two key passes. Just fouled three times, of course, with those tricky little feet of his. He passed for 46.2%, which wasn't the most appealing thing to do. In my head, in my eyes, the way I saw it is, is I think he tried to do a little bit too much too quickly. I think he should have taken time to just slow down a little bit. I mean, it might sound weird because he's a winger, but yes, even wingers need to slow down every once in a while, keep his head up, and look for other options. There was a wonderful chance in the first half for Real Madrid to go up 2-0 where he could have just looked left for Tony Cruz, who was wide open, or even looked right for Karim Benzema, who was kind of open. Instead, he went for goal, block shot, nothing comes of it. Yeah, it's 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 pretty much there's only one real explanation for this. The guy's still a kid. At the end of the day, he's not going to be making the mature decisions that you know you know the likes of Benzema and Vasquez will. He's he is only eighteen, still his first Clasico, his first you know season in European football. I'm not going to knock him too much because at the end of the day, he made vast decisions, sure, but he's. Still young, he's still, and he showed his youth in this game. That's the problem. He did show his youth in this game, but and that's something he was still we, effective. That's the main thing. He was still effective for the large part. And, and I think that's what got some people is that he hasn't shown his youth in recent weeks. He's been very mature. He's been very high soccer IQ or football IQ, whatever you call it, wherever you are in the world. Um, he just didn't make those decisions in recent. It's his years. first big game at the end of the day. This is the biggest game he's played so far in his Madrid hey, career. I, I'm I'm not trying to knock him at all. If anything, I'm just trying to defend him. But I'm I'm reiterating the message. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand that. At the end of the day, it's the first yeah, big game he's played. Right? Complete the first big game he's played. He's only going to get better with those as he experiences them more. Um, but for a debut Clasico, I'm I'm not too phased. He essentially made the pre-assist before the, the assist from Benzema. It was his cross across the box. Um, 
you know, he was a consistent danger, you know, always running, always keeping his head up. Wasn't discouraged when he lost the ball or got tackled. Um, even PK, you know, mugged him off a little bit with the little skill moves in the first half. Yeah, that was a bit cheeky. It was almost like PK. He took of... it on the chin at the end of the day and he kept his head up and he kept on running. And, you know, it's nice that someone in the Madrid team is doing that. You know, less could be said for others. Oh, a lot less. Well, again, kind of like the Taylor situation. Are you starting him in the second leg? Yeah, all day, every day. All day, every day. Uh, on, to the on, Sunday. <laughs> on to the three people who made the substitutions before we do a little bit more. Uh, formation analysis paralysis. Casemiro uh, came in at the 62nd minute for Marcos Llorente. I like for like swap. It seemed like Llorente uh, picked up a bit of a knock. Yeah, a little, little niggle. Yeah, Casemiro came on, played a decent game. I don't think there's anything. I don't up- know. His first few exchanges were a bit weird. It's like he came on the pitch like drunk almost. He was just <laughs> stumbling everywhere. I was like, bro, has this been guy been like necking a bottle of vodka in the back of something to calm his nerves? What's going on? Um, <laughs> I don't think I he think- knew he was going to play this game. He was probably just cruising. Yeah, like he came on and then he sort of stumbled around a bit. He made a really good interception on the edge of the area, to be fair. And then he, 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 I remember he won the ball back off Messi, started dribbling back towards the keeper, got dispossessed by, by Messi, and then uh, dragged somebody into making a foul and gave him the free kicker. I was like, such a strange sequence. It was such a Casemiro sequence. It, it's such a dumb sequence because, like you said, it is a Casemiro sequence. It's like he takes two steps forward and you're just looking at your TV or your screen, however you're watching, you're just like, damn, he plays for real. Yeah, it's yeah. like he gets excited and it's just like, <laughs> He's, He's like, like, oh my god, I've done it, yeah. <laughs> He's like, mom, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, look at me, and then nothing. It's, it's like when you first get on a bike for the first time, and you're like, oh. they take the stabilizers off, and they let go of the back of the seat, and yeah. you're like, yeah, guys, look, I'm riding a bike, you're looking back, and you drive straight into a lamppost. <laughs> That's literally exactly Um, Marco, I feel like we should try and, like, uh, I wish I knew, like, more digital stuff. I could make a video of that. Um, <laughs> Put Casemiro's face on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Great hands. Uh, Gareth Bale was the second substitution. Uh, actually, Cassie and Bale came on at the same time. Anyway, Bale came on for Vinicius. Um, oh, again, it was so freaking frustrating because he has another game. He comes on. He gets minutes. He has a sick chance. And then... Oh, don't. Just don't remind me. I'm still angry about it. It's almost like he looked at you know, a little spot on the pitch and went... Actually, that entire <laughs> moment broke his game. This is a nice place to have a seat, and Bale just decided to go right on the ground. Just slipped, fall, no contact with the ball whatsoever. It wasn't even that so much. So he, he takes the ball off Benzema. All that you've got to do is just leather that. The keeper's nowhere near his net. There's no. I don't think there was anybody on the line at that point. I'm pretty sure any power with a bit of direction, that was going in. What does he do? He takes a touch, goes into the box, and shoots with his right foot. He doesn't even hit the ball. That's the worst part. Yeah, it was. It's like on FIFA. Like he really needed to. Oh, is it so, I was so screaming good. by this point. I was screaming. Yeah, more circle R one, you know, tap tap, and I'm just like, buddy, come on, come on. Yeah, literally, that was quite literally exactly what that was. I was just screaming at my screen, like in every profanity possible. I was like. God, well, I'm not going to repeat what I said because it was quite frankly disgusting. But <laughs> it's a lot of me. It's a lot of work for me to edit all of it out, and, and you know, 
after this. That literally just would have been one long beep, to be fair, because there was a lot of profanity mentioned. Yeah, it probably would have been. Anyway, the final substitution was Marco Asensio, who, again, I feel like I've said this too much, but it was like a mediocre game. It, nothing I great. think it was too bad. I thought he showed some good intent. You know, made a couple of nice sort of direct one-twos um, with, with Va- not Vasco, sorry. The, whoever he was playing with on the right, there was a couple of moments where he linked up with Benzema. He, link, he linked up with Benzema and Modric quite nicely a, a couple of times on the right-hand side. Um, looked to link up the play, you know, get himself into a good position. I was quite happy with what I saw from Marco Asensio. Well, I only say mediocre because he played seven minutes. It's hard to get like... A- yeah, you can't really make a judgment in that sense, but... The, um, the thing that made me happiest about him being on the pitches again, I think this happened in our last game against Alaves, was seeing him all the way in defense, clearing the ball. Like, yeah, it was good to see him, you know, put 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 the effort in. To me, um, that means the dedication he has and like the willingness to get back into the first team again. So, and it seems Solari now has noticed that he's better on the right hand side. Finally, somebody's noticed it. Thank God. Because I'm sick and tired of seeing people play him on the left-hand side. He's just, he's not a left-winger. Ladies and gentlemen, um, when you wake up tomorrow, you may notice that the sun is rising in the west. Uh, so, if, if that <laughs> does happen, it's because someone knows how to, well, not someone, but Solari knows how to play Marco Asensio correctly. Once he gets some confidence going, you know, and he does play a few more games on the right with a few more minutes, he could definitely do some damage against some sides, you know, with, again, we've I feel like we've mentioned this about five times in the last couple of podcasts alone. You know, his long-range shooting ability and his dribbling ability coming off the right-hand side is fantastic. Uh, heading into, I, I guess there's really no point in doing a complete pre-match because that game is about two weeks away. But what would you say is the one thing to look out for and fix up for the next game to ensure a finals appearance? Either have some very harsh words with Marcelo or don't start him. Pretty much as simple as that. I think if we'd not used Marcelo in this game, we would have been so much more shored up on the left-hand side. Don't think we would have conceded the goal that we did either. Um, I, I do solely blame that goal on Marcelo, to be honest, because just, again, I'll, I'll say what I said earlier. If you guys haven't seen the replay, go and watch the replay and just watch where Marcelo is and watch what he does. He just doesn't bother to even look doesn't bother to run. And then when he has started to run, it's just way too late. You know what else really pissed me off about his performance? Now that you mention him again, that tackle on PK. Oh, God. Hard. I completely forgotten about that. That was so and unnecessary. Myself, Are you 30 or 13? Like, what is the... What possessed you to do that? The I worst mean, part is that's what started the attack because they took the free kick quickly, shifted it straight over to the right, obviously charged down the right-hand side, fired the cross in, or the shot, or whatever it was, that's rebounded off, and then the, lo and behold, we've conceded a goal. That entire sequence started while Marcelo's cock up, finished with Marcelo's cock up. It was, it was a shock. It, I don't know what he was thinking. That was so childish. It's not the kind of move you expect to see, especially from your vice captain. It was just, I don't know what he was trying to achieve. What was he trying to achieve? Was he trying just to break up the play so he could catch his breath or what? I have no idea, but it was stupid. That's something I don't even expect to see that from a, a young a young player in their teens. That's something I expect to see on Sunday league. Anyway, uh, dumb decisions all around. A pretty fair game, a fair result. Things could have gone in the favor of Real Madrid. Didn't capitalize on all the chances in the end. 
unfortunately that's just football thankfully this is a two-legged affair it ended 1-1 real madrid will host barcelona let me find out let me just tell you let me google it in the meantime though i think my one key thing uh for the second leg is gonna be uh stopping messi literally it's just gonna be all about the midfield yeah sure yeah i think whoever solari plays in that midfield I don't know if he's going to switch up formation. I don't know what the hell he's going to do. Quite frankly, thank God it's not my, you know, responsibility because I'll probably be shitting the bed. I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> um, but locking down Leo Messi in some capacity, I don't know how you're going to do it, whether you attach a leash to him or you just assign Casemiro his role for the 90. That's up to Solari. But this guy has been lights out again Put the controversies aside. And you look at league play. Whenever they've been down. He's, he's always shown up. It's he's always shown up. That's 16-17 campaign where Real Madrid won. Or was it? Yeah. Won La Liga where it was just like last ditch efforts. Every single. Like for so many games. Like five or six games. That's what Messi is for Real Madrid now. Or for Barcelona now. Jeez. Sorry. I was going to say for Real Madrid. I'd be, I'd be pretty ecstatic with that. I wouldn't mind, to be honest. It's fine. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't mind having Messi in my team, to be honest, right now. I wouldn't say I mean, now. Just like we critique, you know, Barcelona. Anyway, um, also, we did something really interesting. Let us know if you read it or had a chance to read it or if there's questions you would like us to ask. Everything Barca, which is the dedicated Barcelona page on the fan-sided network, uh, we did a Q&A with them before this game. They asked us some questions. We asked them some questions. We posted on one another's site so go check both of those out uh it's kind of it's something kind of cool to get an insight of one another's uh fan base and what we're thinking we asked an array of questions uh both tactically how they were feeling the whole nine yards uh so go check that out and like i said tweet us if you would like us to ask them a question we'll pick some of the best few maybe two or three to send over to them as well uh hasan any last thoughts on this game before we close out uh no, it's just it's it was so You're so much went on. I'm just I'm just not I'm just I'm not over it yet. <laughs> I, I'm still coming down. I think we could blabber on about this performance for another half hour, analyzing it in in ten minute segments. Uh, but I think we've done a good job for now. Gave everyone a real. Well, oh, the big out. thing is, is the big games don't end yet, do they? We've got freaking Atletico Madrid this weekend. Yeah, the it's a gift that just keeps on giving. Atletico Madrid uh, will come to Real Madrid this Saturday. That's a nice early game. Week, uh, week after that, we've got Ajax coming in. Four days later, we will be hosting, like Hassan said, Ajax in the first leg of the round of 16 of the Champions League. Uh, then we have kind of a break, but of course you don't want to let up. Four days later, we will travel to Girona to play Girona. And then a week later, thankfully, a little bit of rest. Real Madrid will play Levante only to go and play against Barcelona once again. Four and then again. And then again. <laughs> Four days later, we play them again. And Good again. Lord. Good Lord. <laughs> anyway, it's going to be a packed uh, weekend. Thank you guys so much. We've noticed a fair bit of activity on the site. Uh, so we really appreciate that. Thank you for sharing those articles and thank you for keeping on reading them. We hope you stay tuned. Going to be quite a bit of post-match coverage and, of course, some very good pre-match coverage considering there is a derby coming up. Hassan and I will get back together ahead of this derby 
to have one more discussion before that kicks off. And then, of course, another one after that, just to analyze it, right? Aren't you people lucky? Aren't you people lucky? Get to hear his ugly voice for about a half an hour. <laughs> Anyways, guys, thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed the game. Uh, what a we, jackass. <laughs> we hope to see you on Twitter. Send us some questions. I think, Hassan, now I think you're doing a question corner, so look out for that. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day, evening, night. Uh, if you're having lunch or doing homework or, I don't know, sitting in your office, not doing your work, but listening to this podcast, you're awesome. I appreciate you. As always, hello, Madrid. Sweet. Thanks, boss.